everyone. Welcome to episode 27 of the Book Cougars, two middle-aged women on the hunt for a good read. I'm Emily. And I'm Chris. And with us today, we have a special guest, Colleen Olson from Chicago, Illinois, has joined us to talk about the American Writers Museum. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you. Great to be here, Chris and Emily. (laughs) (laughs) So I should say that Colleen and I know each other. We um, used to work together at Borders back in the day. Yeah, it's been a lot. Colleen, I'm sorry, were you a bookseller? I was, and I was a cafe supervisor for part of the time that I worked there. I'd say most of my work was in the cafe, but yes, I did all of it. (laughs) She did. (laughs) She was awesome. She's a kick-ass cafe manager, too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, Yeah, I miss it. I mean, it's not for uh, some of the things, uh, the hours, switching around schedules and and all of that was a little hassle, but I, I have a, I have a spot in my heart for my borders days. I definitely miss working at a bookstore, and there were tons of interesting people with all different kinds of interests to talk to on a daily basis. So uh, great to be here, though. I think it's been like over ten years since I probably saw you, Chris. <laughs> probably it hasn't been ten years though, but it's been a long time. Yeah. When did you leave borders? I was I was gone by like December twenty. Well, I was gone full from full time employment December of two thousand six. Wow. So I okay. think I worked for like maybe six months after that, just on Sundays. Thanks to the magic of Facebook, we've stayed in touch over there <laughs> and Goodreads too. <laughs> yeah, you update your books because that's the only social media I get at work. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's uh, not, I don't have very many active friends on Goodreads, unfortunately. So it's always a pleasure mm-hmm. to read the reviews and see oh, what you're cool. <laughs> yeah, because you, so you, Colleen has a real job. She works with numbers. You don't, we don't have to go into detail about your, your job if you don't want to, Colleen, but apparently they block, they block the social media. Oh, wow. To make sure you just toil away all day. Yeah. Um, well, I do have my phone, so it's not totally cut. I'm not totally cut off. Okay. But uh, yeah, they, they had they blocked all personal email, and yeah, it, we don't have to talk about it. It is. <laughs> I, I enjoy. She, I enjoy she really works for the CIA. CIA. That's what she's trying to say in code. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know other places that block certain social media sites. I get it. So we'll move on and we'll talk about the American Writers Museum. Now, I remember hearing about this before it was a building in Chicago. Um, They put out a call in 2010, I think it was, for people to vote for locations on where this museum would be because it was incorporated as a nonprofit in 2009. This person uh, Malcolm O'Hagan is his name. He's the founder. He thought, you know, I've traveled to other countries where there are museums dedicated to the writers of the nation, and America doesn't have that. Granted, it has hundreds of fantastic museums dedicated to writers in their homes or areas where they were writing, but there was no national museum, so he really wanted to create that. So it was back in 2011 that Chicago was selected as a location. And then I moved. Duh. <laughs> and poor planning, Chris. <laughs> I know. I know. Totally poor planning. But it opened on May 16th, 2017. The American Writers Museum. It's right on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, pretty close to 
Millennial Park, right, Colleen? Oh, yeah. 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 It's right there. (laughs) So if you haven't been to Chicago and you're planning to visit, this is definitely in the heart of the tourist area of Chicago. Millennial Park is where Obama was. He did his his announcement that he was going to run for president, right? I think it, it was Grant Park. Or at least that's where they had a big rally when he won. Um, yeah. Okay. Is Millennial Park where the bean is? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. They're yeah. really close together. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Not too far from each other. All right. So the American Museum, uh, American Writers Museum, opened in May, and Colleen was there pretty early on. When was the first time you went, Colleen? I I went I played a week after it opened with my sister Molly. Very cool. cool. And Chris and I would love to do a joint jaunt there, but we haven't been able to yet. So we thought we would call Colleen and live vicariously through her. So what was the what is it like, Colleen, when you walk in? So I know it's on the second floor. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's not like a, a storefront or it's not a standalone building. It's on the second floor of a building. Can you kind of describe what it's like to to walk in? Um, sure. Well, I, I walk in and there's a, well, you see the desk right away, um, which is the beginning and the end of the museum that you kind of go around in a loop. Um, it's just on the one floor and a very helpful, uh, employee offered me her guidance. Well, actually, I'm sort of recounting. I'm mixing my two journeys there because I did go yesterday. I felt like I needed to spend some time there alone, and also I knew we would be doing this uh, discussion, so I wanted to make sure I had covered everything. But, yeah, she offered instruction and her recommendations for where to start and then also invited me to play with all of the exhibits because it's a very interactive museum, which I thought was different and interesting for, I mean, I know they have like children's museums where everything is interactive, but um, this is definitely geared toward more, I mean, I'd say like high school and older probably. Mm -hmm. So and I think it's really cool what they've done there. So um, yeah, that sounds pretty cool that it's interactive for, for older people. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know what I mean, <laughs> not kids. For those of us who still like tactile things in our old age. <laughs> yeah, right. And do they, do they try to cover the territory of, you know, like all American writers, or is there just an exhibit for one particular writer as a focus? Going into it, I had no idea what to expect because, I, you know, I thought like, oh, here's Hemingway's pen, or like, here's the coffee cup that Dorothy Parker used when she was writing, you know, she had some, like, artifacts or something. But mm-hmm. they're really trying to, like, encompass the idea uh, that there is something that unites American writers. Interesting. There's, like, a, one of the first – well, the first room is, like, a children's lit room with a lounge and some, some games. It's, like, I thought it was pretty cute. But then you see this, this video, or it's, like, a – I think they call it a media experience because there's no voice, but there's like some instrumental like sounds of nature and it's projected on the wall, but there's a cutout of the country, a map of the United States. And so it's like projecting cities with then like authors who come from those cities. And then sometimes it'll pull a quote. I think one of the first that they do is a will gather 
um, quote me. You know, I like, yeah. This is how, <laughs> doing a like happy dance. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then they kind of like go through a, a timeline. I suppose there's probably someone before. Look at her, but they show her and then they show these lines of light going from the East Coast to, uh, towards the West, you know, sort of feel like people were pioneers. And, and then later on, it's uh, Langston Hughes and they show lines going from the South to the North and then the West to sort of indicate the Great Migration, I think. So, yeah, it's just sort of like... I, I, stood, I stood there, and my sister kind of teased me and was like, this is your favorite, isn't it? Because I felt like everyone, everyone else was just kind of blowing by, like, oh, mm-hmm. there's some likes, and it's pretty. But I just sort of was moved by the idea of people creating the United States with, with words, which obviously resonates for you guys um, yeah. and for me and anyone who's a, a lover of, of words and writing. So, um yeah, they tried to say that they're, they don't mean to suggest that their featured writers are all-encompassing of, like, what it means to be an American writer, but there's a lot of information then to follow this first uh, projected media experience. Um, they have 100 different writers specifically. In oh, the first wow. Term. Yeah, that they That's have, a lot. These, like, yeah, these, like, triangular prison things on the wall that you can rotate. So that's like, I guess the interaction, the interactive part of it. So like on the first, they'd have a picture of the person with a little bit about what they wrote. And then like turn it on the second side and maybe it'd be a quote from whatever big work they had and like an interesting fact. And they have these hundred triangle things um, along like, eye level on the wall above that is a timeline of American history. And mm-hmm. so they you know, kind of grouped the writers along with chronologically, which I just, I don't know. It's like really, I think hammering home the idea that um, writers made America. Then there's I kind of kind of like that. Yeah. I thought it was so cool. I mean, like I know Chris, you're a history person and I am too. Um, so I just, I loved it. I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, because you were a history major, right, in college? Yes, I was. Yeah. So, That's really um, cool. There are, like, not 100 games, but there are some, like, little other fun things along the, the ledge. See if you can sit down at any of this. There was touching fabric from Laura Ingalls Wilder. Like, this is what calico looks like, or what, like a normal oh. calico print would look like. Um, but there is also... <laughs> What is the Philip K. Dick um, Android test like to see if you have empathy? Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so one was like, you see, you're at a fancy restaurant, you see uh, the chef putting a live lobster in a boiling pot of water. Do you a like raise a fuss and say that's the worst thing ever? It's a living creature, and then the wrong answer was like. <laughs> Um, tuck your napkin in and flick your lips. It's going to be delicious dinner. I need more <laughs> melted butter, please. <laughs> yeah. so if, you, if you chose the, like, the nice one, it was like, okay, you're a real human. Like a light popped up and say, your test results. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, funny. That's very cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, 
Yeah, and so, like, along the, the wall opposite that is, like, a hundred different works, and they're just these little doors, and some of them have, like, plain panels on the other side, but some of them have audio, like there's JFK's inauguration speech, like, ask not what you can do or what your country can do for you, um, like him saying that, and they also, like, included some fun things, it's just not like highbrow writing that they're trying to um, say is a part of this American identity. But they also had like a Timex ad copyright uh, writing, which was like, take the lick and keeps on ticking and sort of. Oh, that's interesting. Cool. And also like you're in good hands with all states. So it was, mm-hmm. and there was also a Tupac Shakur and um, Prince, Laura Nairo, like different, not just like novel writing or essays. So that was kind of neat. I mean, like, there's so much there that I could keep on going back. Like, I did not cover everything in the two trips that I've made. Wow. Wow. So Even I ask you, like, just one floor. That's so interesting. I know. Yeah. And this is just the first room, so. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and at the end, there's another, there's another, like, audiovisual thing and it's called they call it the word waterfall which i thought was really cool um so it just looks like there's a bunch of random words on this wall but then the lights project over it and highlight certain quotes just from important things from literature like or george carlin (laughs) or something there was something that yeah i can't remember what the quote was but um again not just you know old stuffy people but i think everyone there i think <laughs> they were all dead so. oh know. interesting um but there was like you asked if there if there were like all american writers or if it's just a couple there was a special there are two special exhibits that will change one was a palm room for w.s merlin who i guess is, he's a poet who was in hawaii and oh, i was wow. i haven't heard of him yeah. yeah i didn't know and i think he's I think he's alive, but um, <laughs> you, you kind of go in this room, and he and his wife have this giant palm garden in Hawaii, and so they have some palm plants in there, and you're kind of like, it's not like temperature-wise, but you sort of feel like you're in a, a green room or something. Because <laughs> um, mm-hmm. they have the audio, or like they tape-recorded the sounds of the palm garden in Hawaii, and so you listen to that. And then every once in a while, he reads one of his poems. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. It was probably not my favorite part. Trying to do different things to, at the auditory, it sounds like. It was neat to, like, well, I'd never heard of him before, so I always like learning. But I know, Emily, you like poetry. and the reason, Yeah, I do. This cool way of talking about poems, I guess, well, maybe it's not that mind-blowing, but I thought it was great. Um, the author, the, that poet, says... That poetry is a way of looking at the world for the first time, which mm. kind of thing mm. you can probably say that about a lot of things, like other writings. But just a, it's a sparse way of talking about, you know, po- it's something that's supposed to have an economy of words. So mm. I, uh, I liked that as well. I thought about that for a little bit after. Um, yeah, yeah, that's sort of the thing about poets is that they they slice and dice you know and they use very few words to get ideas across 
and I was um, listening to an author, a fiction author once, whose name is escaping me, but she had gone to like a, one of those literary, what are they called? Like, you know, like a weekend where you go and you... Retreat? Retreat, thank you. And she, her roommate was a poet, and she gave her roommate her first chapter of her novel to read, and she gets the chapter back, and it is just like red pen, red pen, red pen. And she was like, I learned a valuable lesson. Don't give a poet your novel to read. Because you know, they'll just take most of the words away. <laughs> Too funny. Before the museum even opened, I know they had an online exhibit. And that was in 2012 called The Power of the Word. And I okay. remember the exhibit. I, I can't remember specifics though but i know they have we'll we'll talk about their website later so uh, sorry colleen go ahead oh no it's uh it's cool i feel like i was talking forever but uh yeah and then the other room is jack kerouac which i did skip the first time which i I can understand he's just not my favorite and the beat generation other than alan ginsburg i just yeah Yeah. (laughs) also not my favorite um, but it was kind of, I'm glad I went because I learned, again, I learned something new, um, which is great. It's a museum. Hopefully, hopefully they're, they're teaching people things. But there was this original scroll, I guess, when Jack Kerouac sat down at his typewriter. He didn't want to be interrupted with having, like, switch pages out when, when he finished a page. So he, he kind of, like, taped together a whole bunch of, of paper and then wrote on the road in this giant scroll. So I, he sat That's down. That's really cool. And, yeah, and they had the scroll there, so that was oh, like cool. that was yeah, that was interesting. I'm glad I went. <laughs> kind of so is that part. is that cor- that's a, one of the temporary exhibits then? Yes, on I the think that, okay. I can't remember if it's like the end of this month or next month that it's it's going to be gone. That was worthwhile for sure. That's a good way to learn about a writer that you may not be exactly interested in reading to see an exhibit about them. It's kind of like when I went to the Steinbeck Center in California, not a writer I'm really interested in learning tons about. Well, back last year, maybe not. (laughs) Now that I've read The Grapes of Wrath, I have a bit more interest. But like visiting the museum dedicated to him, it was interesting. I felt like I learned about him and the different kind of periods of his life and how current events impacted his writing without having to read all of his yeah. novels. So it sounds like the American Writers Museum is kind of doing that service as well. Yeah, for sure. There are like lots of writers that I never heard of that I you know, took pictures of their little panels. So something to, oh, cool. to go back to when, when I want to delve deeper, you know, into some, some parts of, of earlier American literature. Yeah. So with the with the chronology, did they kind of go into depth with like the colonial period writers and then the American Renaissance, or yeah. is that kind of kind? Of, I mean, they had some a lot of names I did recognize, like Anne Bradstreet was at the beginning, and with Alfred Thomas Jefferson for like when you get to the creating a new nation type of, of phase, and like they have Emerson and Thoreau. So here in truth, actually, they had a lot of women, people of color. I think they they did a good job of not only representing like what has traditionally been considered canon, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that Sojourner Truth spoke Dutch and wow. didn't know how to write, 
And so when she was telling someone who was transcribing her story, they changed it to, like, Southern dialect. So, like, ain't I a woman too? And she never said that. She did not speak that, that oh, way. Or really? That Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that, that was, like, my light bulb. You know, like, whoa, I didn't, I had no idea um, yesterday. So, uh, uh, yeah. So that's, like, totally bizarre. They, they totally put her into a, a context this awful, what yeah. would you call it, stereotypical context of a southern slave right. dialect. Hmm. And she spoke Dutch. Wow, who knew? Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. So I, I, have a, I have a question about um, whether there's a bookshop. <laughs> you know, I'm curious, or, you know, like how they have museum stores, because how would they possibly choose what to sell there? It's actually... It's kind of small, um, and then it's at the beginning at the desk. They do have some books, but not not a lot, I'd say. And they have some of those like literary T-shirts. I know I kind of recognize them. They only sell them at Borders. Um, I don't see them in other bookstores around Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they do have some a reading lounge, and that's like after the Jack Kerouac. The second hat, like the second. There's less information on the other part of the museum. It's more about like the writing process. They have some old typewriters that you can play with. Um, oh, fun. To write. And also like some touch screens where, you know, my sister, she, uh, <laughs> it was like, it was, the theme was dialogue. And so you had, they gave you prompts, like they chose the two characters for you. So hers was a robot talking to a dog about, the upcoming apocalypse was the topic <laughs> they gave her. And I think her dialogue was like, bark, and it's like, does not compute. But yeah, you can just sort of play, play around with, but yeah. But typewriters were really fun, though. Well, and I don't get the reading lounge. You mean if, if you feel like you just need to take a seat yeah. and do some reading because you've been away from it's, your book too long? <laughs> right. They have, they have, like, these couches, but they also have books for you to pick up. Oh, I see. I got yeah. you. And then is there a cafe? You know, I always need to know about the food. No. No food. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I just, I'm thinking about all the cool ways you could name, sam- you know, literary sandwiches and stuff. Bummer. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then so the last did, thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Colleen. Sorry. I just went brief mention. The last thing was the Chicago, uh, Chicago writer section. So I guess you need to give a hometown shout out. And they have these like vinyl banners with different Chicago people, including like Del Close, who I wouldn't think of as a writer, but he was improv or a uh, long form improv pioneer. Hmm. I took an improv class a couple years ago. It was very overwhelming. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, I'm familiar with with his name, but Mike Royko and Roger Ebert, you know, as well mm-hmm. as like some of the heavier hitters, like Saul and Ski. I don't know. I can name a bunch of them. That's pretty much, I guess it was a long description, but that's the museum, the different part. That's cool though. I like how they don't, they weren't just considering novelists, you know, I mean, they really look at different forms of writing. It sounds like, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And supposedly, on one of these little, I should have said this earlier, but the little doors that have 
it's like a surprise surprise door. I, I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. Some some of the food writing are supposed to then be able to like smell cookies or something. Oh. Um, but I I have like an allergy something going on right now, so I couldn't smell anything. My allergies have been that bad too. I think it's ragweed ragweed season or something. Ah, uh, the worst. Oh, it does affect God. your sense of smell. Yeah. So, I mean, they have food writing, too, which I know is also a favorite of yours. Yeah, I, that's I, cool. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, love, I love that all-inclusiveness. Like, I, I love reading. I will brag about any hard book that I get through, but I just think that it should be something that appeals, like, well, whatever appeals to someone, I think that should be allowed to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I have one more question. Did they have a section on Native American writers, like pre-colonial, like this oral storytelling tradition? No. Or was and it more about the, it's all written word? They, I think it was just on the media, the first nation of writers, I think is what they called that, the one that was projected mm-hmm. over the map. I think Black Elk was like someone uh, yeah. that was featured, but they didn't really, they did not do anything. I, I didn't really see it so much addressed as, as like, you know, a pre Colonial. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just curious mention. about that because I know sometimes it, people make that distinction between the written word and oral storytelling, yeah. and it's sometimes a very hard line for people. Hmm. They're, they're either on board or not. So I'm just curious about that. But yeah, Black Elk Speaks. Uh, there's a Nebraska writer, Nyhart, I think was his name, and that was an influential book. He interviewed that Native American chief, and it was influential in terms of preserving tradition and Native American experience. Hmm. I always learn something new from you, Chris. <laughs> well, one thing I read about this museum is that it was inspired by the Dublin Writers Museum, which I didn't know existed, and I've been looking for any excuse to go back to Ireland, so now I have it. <laughs> and it was the, the American Writers Museum in Chicago was also named one of the 10 best new museums this year, which is very exciting and good for them. Absolutely. Yeah, because they got some help from the Smithsonian Institution's strategy team, really kind of helped them conceptualize and implement, from what I understand, so they... They had some good mentors there. Yeah, that's fantastic. Wow. So, Colleen, how long, if somebody just walks in and kind of looks and reads here and there, how much time would somebody commit to going to this museum versus somebody like me who would probably read every single (laughs) friggin' word and drive their friends crazy? How long would that take? I think think you'd want to spend maybe an hour and a half to do it justice, but I've mm-hmm. done that twice now, and I haven't gotten through everything. So, um, and I could go back again. And it was twelve dollars for an adult, and then it's like reduced for student or um, children. I think twelve dollars is definitely yeah. twelve dollars. Yeah. And, and I saw also. Oh, I'm sorry. What, what were you saying? Just the, the Art Institute, I think, is maybe 20 for Chicago residents. Oh. So I, I think with the amount of information, I, I felt like it was a really good use of $12. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I saw that you can become a member. I didn't see how much it costs, but I did see that if you do so before September 15th, which mm-hmm. is 
the week we're publishing this podcast, but um, that you get an extra three months. So you oh. can become a member and get 15 months instead of 12. So that's kind of cool. I, yeah. I, I did think about that because I'm pretty sure I thought it was $40, which I was like, well, I've already been here twice. Right. Mm-hmm. It's 24. So <laughs> yeah. that, that's know. what I saw on the website, that membership is $40 a year or $70 for two years. And speaking about the website, let me just give that to you listeners right now. It's AmericanWritersMuseum.org. Very straightforward. A cool thing about the website is it's very clear, very easy to navigate. They have a great resource of literary links there that lists American author societies, book festivals, literary awards, and literary organizations, as well as the 70 author affiliate homes slash museums around the country. So definitely check out their website. And Emily, their shop page is coming soon. Right on. on. the website. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, and reminder, even though we're a little early for holiday gift-giving season, but these are kind of fun gifts for the person that has everything and you don't know what to get them. And it's just a nice way to donate, as we know, to an organization. So, um, yeah. I, and, and I'm sure they accept donations as well. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you can sign up for their newsletter. They have a nice newsletter. I think it's a monthly. I'm not really sure how often it comes out but it's full of information as well so any last words colleen sorry we were just talking a lot oh no i i think you should go (laughs) (laughs) great words and it's so nice to be able to live vicariously through you and that you know chris has a tendency to get back to chicago you know because she saw his family and friends there and um you know, left a, a rich life behind that she likes to revisit. Uh, I haven't been to Chicago in a long time. I used to live, you know, within driving distance when I lived in Ohio. And every time I would go, I would think, why don't I come here more? This is such a fun city. Oh, so um, you know maybe maybe she and I will get there together at some point, which would be really fun. Yeah, let me know. Totally. Um, <laughs> I forgot Absolutely. about one thing that was at the store. I forgot about... Um, well, like, I know Chris likes to go to, the, well, you both like your literary jaunts. Um, Chris mm-hmm. is talking about the Willa Cather House, and they have all these free bookmarks with other writers' museums across the country that they're associated with. So, yeah, I mean, they kind of map it out for you. And there's a lot, of course, in your guys' neck of the woods, um, a lot of writer mm-hmm. houses in, in the Northeast. So uh, I thought that was cool, too. Just for like That's a great idea. I love, well, I mean, who doesn't love a bookmark, first of all? And then secondly, <laughs> what a great idea to kind of spread the word of different places to go visit. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, that I changed my last words to be those. <laughs> like a true person who used to work in a bookstore. <laughs> Let's not forget the swag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Colleen. I hope um, I get to meet you in person someday. Oh, that would be wonderful. And thank you so much for having me on the, the podcast. I've had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, thank you so much, Colleen. It was great to hear your voice again. 
And hopefully I'll see you within the next 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Happy reading, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to The Book Cougars with Emily Fine and Chris Wallach. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to email us at bookcougars at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under Book Cougars. Please consider leaving us a review on whatever app you use to listen to us. It can help other listeners find us. Thank you.